G'day, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today, I have with us Henrik Anderson, who is uh, the CIO of Apollo Capital, which is an Australian crypto fund. Uh, I've met Henrik and uh, shared a panel with him uh, in Sydney not too long ago, and I'm really interested to go into some detail about what's going on within this space and how they are seeing the uh, the whole crypto asset sphere transform. So, Henrik, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Craig. Excellent. So look, um, I've done you no justice in the introduction. If you wouldn't mind just taking the uh, the listeners through a little bit about your background and how you've come to where you are, that'd be fantastic. Well, my background is in traditional finance. So I spent around 20 years in, in traditional financial markets, in institutional equities uh, back uh, in my home country of Sweden and in, uh, in Asia. And, and I did 10 years in New York uh, in the equities and, and the quant space. Uh, and I got really interested in, in crypto and uh, cryptocurrencies around five years ago. Um, started a little company in Singapore at the time. Uh, moved to Melbourne a couple of years ago. And uh, our fund really grew out of an um, increased uh, realization that, that the whole crypto space is becoming a new asset class for, for investors. And uh, uh, we are meeting many investors who want an exposure. So... That's why we decided to set up a fund. We thought uh, a hedge fund or an actively managed fund is the best way for people to get exposure. Still very hard for, for investors, uh, I think, to get exposure to this new asset class is still quite early on. And, and things like security and custody, uh, tax, etc., cetera, are, 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 I think, really hard uh, things uh, to for people to get their heads around. And, and we are trying to solve all those issues. And we have... Um, three investment professionals here that manage actively manage a portfolio of, of what we call crypto assets. And I think we have a good combination of backgrounds from traditional finance, from uh, from being in the crypto markets for a long time, and for from from venture capital um, uh, investments. Uh, so I think the space is so interesting as well because it's kind of in the intersection of so many different fields and uh, and that makes it really interesting. Well, I can't argue with that. It's uh, it's certainly an interesting space, fast-paced space, lot, lots going. I mean, the, the, the question has to be asked. I mean, it, this market this year so far has um, – look, it's, it's, it's been fine if you're active, uh, if, you're a, if you're using margin and you're, you're trading it. It's been a little bit more challenging if uh, you're more of an investor. Now, how have you guys found uh, this year? Now, drawdowns are a part of being an investor, part of being a trader. And uh, like yourself, I'm sure, so like myself, I'm sure you guys are very much bullish long-term on the space and the industry itself. But how, how have you guys fared this year compared to how the market has kind of taken a bit of a hit throughout the, uh, the, first, well, the first half of the year? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a difficult market. We are um, long-term bullish as well. Um, we have seen this kind of markets, uh, I think, uh, in the history of the short history of the crypto space several times it's sort of been repeated this kind of hype cycle that we saw uh, last year uh, people get uh, maybe a bit too excited but uh, at one point they realize it it, it it takes longer to build this artist technologies than 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 maybe you first hope for so um so uh, so people realize maybe prices are a bit a bit too high and they come back down but i think you know, each of, each of these cycles, we end up at a higher uh, kind of level where we were before. So if you look at the 
market in the beginning of 2017. I think the whole crypto markets were at 16, 17 billion. Um, so we are very far above that that market. And personally, I think you know we have seen the bottom in in the Bitcoin prices specifically. I think we visited 5,800 uh, first week of February. I think we revisited that kind of level uh, uh, end of June as well, if I'm not mistaken. And um, and now we're sitting at 6,500 or so in, in Bitcoin in US dollar terms. Um, I think the news has just been uh, so so good if, if you look at the fundamental news this, this year. So I think um, for some of the coins, we've probably seen the bottom. For, for many other coins, there's probably far to go on the downside still. Um, uh, th- that's, that's our view. My view is that we will probably see an ETF in the US within six months or so. I think that's very likely. Um, I actually had a chat with this, uh, someone from CBOE this morning. They're working on new products as well. And I think the whole space is actually changing very quickly. I mean, this year we've had <laughs> tremendous news actually from the likes of Goldman Sachs saying that they're starting a cryptocurrency desk trading, you know, forwards and futures for their clients. Uh, I think um, Morgan Stanley and, and Barclays are looking at that as well. We've had, you know, Fidelity, you know, integrating it at one point with Coinbase and, and, and they're working on some products as well. They've had, you know, large banks like Nomura in, in Japan working on custody solutions. We have, and, and most recently, ICE, um, the owner of New York Stock Exchange, uh, saying that they are uh, opening a new platform later this year. So I think the fundamental news has actually been really good, but prices just got ahead of themselves at the end of last year. And um, yeah, we are trying to invest for the long term. Um, it's been a really difficult market, but I think there are still very interesting projects uh, uh, out there. You just have to know what you're investing in and do the due diligence, I think. Uh, but I think it's been difficult for, for, for everyone. And like most funds, we are, uh, we are uh, mostly long, uh, long the markets. Um, uh, and, um, uh, and, but I think our investors understand as well that, that they, you know, they see the long-term opportunity uh, we haven't seen any redemptions or anything like that. Uh, actually, the opposite. We have had applications uh, throughout these bear markets. We have an open-ended fund with multiple applications. Um, and um, and I think they see this as a good time to invest as well. Yeah, well, I mean, we have definitely seen a lot of pullback. And, I mean, on the monthly chart, when I look at it on a technical trade rate, I come back and look at the point at which, you know, we, we were overextended. And anybody who thinks that markets continue to go up at that, the rapid pace that we saw through sort of November, December last year has not been around long enough. Um, they just have no real uh, grasp of reality is probably the best way of putting it. It's just not the way things work out. So we know that there's definitely a lot coming into the space as far as new projects. Now, is there any... Um, I guess sector within the space that, that you guys see there to be a huge opportunity at the moment. Like, I mean, we've seen a lot of energy plays, but we've seen a lot of banking plays. We've seen a lot of different plays coming in. Is there any one area at the moment that you guys are sort of focused on um, or anything you think sort of over, overexposed a little bit? Um, 
So we are investing in some of those uh, verticals that, that you mentioned. Uh, probably energy is not one of them, but what we see really a new web being built, a new decentralized web, web 3.0, if you like. And we think there will be some core infrastructure uh, needed in that new web. Uh, and those are kind of the major blockchain uh, verticals. And that's really what we are still, I think, trying to figure out who will be the winners in, in that, that, that space. Long term, there will be few winners. Currently, we have 1,600 cryptocurrencies or so traded uh, on a daily basis. But in each of these verticals, there will be you know, a few, maybe a handful of, of winners. And, and I think we are still trying to figure out who, what kind of projects those are. So that is things like, obviously, money is a big one, store of value. That looks like it will be Bitcoin. We have smart contract platforms. Uh, you know, we have Ethereum today, but we have new projects coming out, like Definity uh, is, is one where we invested in they will release something uh, a mainnet uh, maybe at, towards the end of this year and then we have kind of uh, things like dexes we can do uh, decentralized exchanges using this technology we will have uh, projects around interoperability uh, we will have network commodities these are kind of like the layer one, if you like, and that's where we're building a portfolio and diversifying in between those projects which we think are the most promising. And at the end of the day, it's all about network effect, right? Um, uh, who, who will be the winners? Um, and and But some of these projects come out with new technology like uh, like Definity that I mentioned. They have a, you know, a new consensus algorithm that is very different from something like EOS or or Ethereum. So that's interesting for us. And then you will have a middleware, what I call a middleware uh, layer as well. And we are investing in that as well. And there you have things like stable coins, you have oracles, maybe file storage, those kind of things. Um, and um, we are seeing a lot of interesting projects there as well. Is uh, Stable coins, I think, is really really exciting, actually. I think if you can create a decentralized stable coin, that, that could you know, really uh, create uh, adoption. And, you know, if you think about it, you have a smart contract, you have a stable coin, you can do lending, borrowing, you can do all kinds of financial derivatives based on uh, a more stable value. So we are seeing a lot of interesting projects in that area as an example. So what's the, um, I mean, from your point, I mean, obviously you've got quite a bit going on uh, with your analysts and with what you're doing on the insides of the fund to make your decisions and to keep it abreast of everything that's going on. What do you think at the moment? I mean, we talked about the, the price at the moment. I've, I've been watching. I trade it. It's technical. That's the way I look at it. I had a wonderful signal I've been waiting for all year, as a matter of fact, and that was back, uh, where was it, sort of mid to uh, mid-July is when I saw what I was looking for for a clear reversal. Now, we saw that $2,000 move, or sorry, $2,500 move shoot up relatively quickly. Uh, and then since then, we've seen it just come straight back down. It's highly volatile right now. It seems a good good buying, um, you know, good price momentum is being met with very steep sell-offs. But there doesn't seem to be that much fundamentally changing. Is it because that we've, we've just got so many participants in this space that aren't institutional quality investors, that they're not traditional traders and investors that they actually just get spooked um, and just jump out without any real logic to it because it's 
Now, I was sort of thinking, what's what's holding us back right now? And all the news seems to be really good. All the actual things that are factual are fantastic. But what do you think is holding us back from price increasing with the good news and getting getting us back above 10,000? Because if we get above 10,000, I think the news starts to come back in and we do start to get a lot more attention and a lot more movement to the upside. Yeah, this, I, I agree with you. The sentiment still seems quite negative. I mean, we got that ETF um, and SEC said that, that they are delaying the decision uh, with the latest ETF um, uh, to end of September, and I think that that I think that what came was it last week, um, uh, and and that brought the market down quite substantially. Uh, however, I think that ex- that that decision should probably be been, been expected, and and it wasn't really that bad news if you think about it either. No, so. Uh, so I was a bit surprised to see the market reacting that way, but I think there's a case to be made. Like if if we have this kind of fairly good news and the market is still weak, we, you know, the fundamental sentiment is 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 still quite quite bad. We are still in the bear market, but uh, I think sentiment. Uh, my experience from financial markets is that sentiment can really change quite quite quickly. I think um, definitely the catalysts um, is when these kind of products are coming live so so things like nomura talking about creating institutional uh grade custody uh that will come live at some point the ice uh, product the backed it will come live later this year i believe we will have an etf actually approved uh, maybe even before the end of the year so i think these are all kind of announcements um that can um, change the sentiment uh, in the market. Um, it's really hard to know the timing of those events, but we are talking about months, um, I believe. I'll tell you what is interesting as well. I think that, um, you know, people, again, you know, you said you, you weren't really expecting to see the negative reaction from the SEC pushing back to September. Uh, neither was I. But in saying that, it comes back to sort of my comment before about it being an irrational marketplace with a lot of people that aren't used to having things uh, take a bit of time. I mean, everything in crypto happens so quickly that, you know, pushing back a month, it's like, well, actually, they're, they're trying to make a measured response. You'd rather than push it back a month and say, no, we're not doing it. Uh, the other thing to consider is the, the conversations that are being had. And if people just sort of focused not just on the conversation, but where the conversation's coming from and where it leads to. If the SEC is starting to talk about uh, an ETF, they're only talking about it because there are businesses out there that are trying to set them up. Now, the, the, way, the way things work is that someone brings up an idea, they try it, they get knocked back, they try it some more, and they keep on trying until they get it right. The fact that we're talking about an ETF means to me we will definitely get ETFs because, again, the education for a number of people out there is that there is more than one ETF being, up, you know, being put up there. There will be a lot more than one ETF available to the market. So the fact the conversation's happening means that we will eventually get there. Now, you don't just click your fingers, guys, and expect to have such a big event like an ETFB pass. It needs to be done properly. It is regulated. And once that happens, it will be very, very good. But don't freak out when they get knocked back because they will. And you need to have somebody like you were saying, you know, the CBOE and ICE. These are two that are wonderfully positioned because they've got the uh, the, the background, they've got the, the places to have the products, and they've got a track record. Uh, and they know how to, more importantly, they know how to speak the language of the SEC. They know how to get through 
it's it's you know you don't just put your hand up and hope what the Winklevoss brothers have started to do. Everyone, everyone's thinking, oh, they're the Winklevoss brothers. I'm going to get it. No way. You're much more likely to get it through ICE or the CBOE. I think people just need to relax a little bit and, and understand that there's a lot of, that goes on behind the scenes here. This is this is not crypto anymore. It's crypto and traditional markets meshing together. It's a big step forward. Exactly. I think it's quite amazing. Actually, we have players like CBOE, you know, um, uh, trying to get an ETF uh, through, and 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 you know, I'm convinced we will have ETFs. We will have. We already have futures. We will have, you know, options markets uh, and all that. Uh, we will have um, in in you know, if it's a year from now, but uh, it will come, and with that will come institutional investors, and that's just a huge opportunity for the crypto space. Exactly. So, is there anything else, Henrik, you'd, want, you'd like to touch on before we uh, before we wrap it up at the moment, mate? Anything interesting in the space that you're looking at? Uh, no, and then I think in addition we'll have uh, you know a lot of projects got funded last year, and we'll have you know a lot of exciting launches coming up. We had something like Augur being launched a month ago, uh, and the coming twelve months we will have a lot of interesting projects actually being launched. Uh, so. Things like Rootstock, a sidechain to uh, Bitcoin will be launched probably before the end of the year, giving uh, giving Bitcoin basically smart contracts. Uh, we will have, uh, as I mentioned before, things like Definity. We will have you know, stable cryptocurrencies that are decentralized. Uh, all these things are being built, so that's really exciting. A huge amount of exciting things happening in the space. Henrik, I appreciate it so much. Uh, Henrik from Apollo Capital, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today, mate. I appreciate having a chat and uh, we just got to sit back and ride this wave, don't we, really? Yeah, absolutely. And if you anyone wants to learn more about uh, what we do, you can check out apollocap.io. That's our website. apollocap.io, that's the one? Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for your time, mate. We'll, uh, we'll have a chat down the track when, uh, when there's more to talk about, but I appreciate you having, having you on the show and I uh, wish you all the best going forward. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Greg. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. <laughs>